And we're back. Another episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. How are you doing, Nesbitt? I'm doing all right. Excited to get into the parchment. Can't wait to get into the parchment? Can't wait. Yeah. Yeah? Is the parchment itself, based on its length, is this going to be a three-parter episode at the rate no, we're we'll going? Get this. We'll get through <laughs> this one. Going. We'll get through this one. Some, we'll get through this one for sure. Some people are lamenting, I think, that this is taking uh, long, but other people are loving it, so you know what? It takes what it takes, man. It takes what it takes. <laughs> it takes what it takes. Especially when you get into these like long songs that are like 10, 11, 12 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know what? I Also, I feel like once you get into an, an epic track... It's hard to switch gears midway. Like, I wonder how we did. Like, there was episodes that passed. We did like three songs, four songs in an episode. How oh, did yeah. we do that? Uh, I guess if we were talking about like Fear of the Dark, I could, could do <laughs> We could do that pretty quick. <laughs> actually, actually, they would probably take even longer now. <laughs> That's true because I have so much uh, criticism. To exactly. Keep upon them. <laughs> exactly. But today, we're in a good mood and we have a good beer. We have the we wild well, ale. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be good. The Wild Ale, it's a beautiful label on this and it's a it's a strong beer. I picked these ones out because we've been doing just like IPA, 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 you know. That's that's yep. my bias, but this one's a strong ale and uh I I can kind of peel the label off, which tells me it's a small batch. <laughs> it's from uh, Port Rexton Brewing. Port Rexton. They're we've fantastic. Had, we've done a we've lot. We've had of many their, of theirs on our podcast. Totally. I think we've done as many of theirs as we can. They're they are probably hands down the best brewery in the province. They're up there. They're up there. All right, let's do it. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. Oh yeah. Listen to that wild ale. Mm. Where the wild it ale smells blows. like a uh, Smells sour to me. Ooh, me likey. That's lovely. I'll be honest. When I first smelled it, I was like, "This is gonna be disgusting." Mm. But then I tasted it. It doesn't taste like what it smells like. The oh. smell is like almost perfumey, and it put me right off. I didn't like that at all. But the no? taste is pretty good. So I do. Uh, I like the smell. I love the taste. I was this just is... about to uh, recoil in disgust. Oh man, this is just <laughs> this is just the pick me up I needed to get through uh, the old shift down at the podcast factory. No, it tastes pretty good. Mm. That's good. Okay, those I scared for a second there. I was like, gonna have to suffer through this one. But. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, then we'll write the the epic ballad of Nesbitt and his journey through suffering through a full beer of strong ale <laughs> with a perfumey scent. Okay, poets out there, dig into it. A bigger tragedy has never unfolded. This is fantastic. That's all right. <sighs> Unlike all right. the song "The Parchment," which I think is fab- fantastic. You think it's fantastic, eh? Parchment. Yeah. All Steve Harris. Uh, 12 minutes and 39 seconds. Yes. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little nervous how excited you look. I think this is the best song on the album. Really? I think so. I think it's wow. the best song. It's 100%, I think, I know it's just my opinion, I think it's the best song that we've covered on the album so far. But okay. I also think it is probably the best song on the album. Stop being so vague, Nesbitt. <laughs> what, what, what could the other song be? Um, yeah, I definitely really like this track. I read it in the top half of the album. I'm dying to get your, because you've been just itching about this track (laughs) since the beginning. It's one of the, it's one of the tracks that you mentioned when you kind of broke that you were like, oh, if you listen to the parchment and you know, when you, when you, and when we were doing the tour set list discussion, I could sense that you really liked it. It's up there for me, but I'm wondering about what it is about the track that just has got you so, so wound up. As we go through it, I'll explain what i love yep. about it so much it's just i don't know man it's it's got cool guitar riffs cool melodies that kind of weave their way in and out and yep. it kind of starts off with this intro and then it kind of evolves gradually bringing in riffs and yep. then like elevating the song just goes gets elevated every like time that a new guitar part comes in or like they'll stay on a riff just long enough and then they'll like bring something else into so that it never gets it's long but it never it just keeps developing and building and evolving and uh, i don't know and it's got a good groove to it man like the feel of the song is so great everyone who's listened to this podcast knows i'm like a sucker for the long songs you know i i love them you love them but i love them especially yeah. this one has the has everything i love about the long songs which is like you can really get into it 
and it's long enough it stretches out long enough that you can really immerse yourself in it but this one in particular i think is so well crafted the way they bring in melodies and the way they keep evolving with what you're hearing just keeps like elevating to a new level to a new level and unlike death of the celts where we said it you you, you used the, exp- the yep. expression where you said like it never quite gets there never got there this one gets there it does and then yep. it really gets there and then it just like yep. it's and then just when you think it's over they like turn up the tempo and they like blast you with these awesome so it's just i don't know yeah. the song i think is steve harris just knocked it out of the park he just perfectly crafted the song i would i would i would say the same thing it's 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 almost to me that the epics in this and i you know i talked to this a little bit in the last one are almost a bit formulaic with the long fade in and the, the long lead in the long fade out um i find that one follows this uh, you know, the lyrics on it are fantastic. Again, it, it leads in, then Bruce ramps it up, chorus ramps it up, then you start to intermix these sing- solos. And I think I counted like six solos in here. Yeah. Um, yep. and, and they're intermixing it through. Um, there are aspects of it that I don't particularly love, but I completely agree that Groove is fantastic. Some of the solos aren't, aren't amazing. Some are spot on, specifically at the back end. And you're right. For me, this is the first epic where i find bruce hits that stride specifically at the back end of the back end of the track so i totally agree with you there the only thing for me that i really that really holds me back is in the beginning of the track after the lead in with the ramp up um as as they're going through the first um few stances there when he's just kind of leaning into the lyrics the, the just the vocals for me the mix still again oh, on yeah? the vocals is just not perfect that but but i'm talking about you know that's why it's not 100 percent for me Nit-picking, i just find yeah. like the the lead in and i'm not trying to nitpick right away but i'm just but then the song redeems itself so well and i completely agree with you that um you know this is i've listened to this song running around the lake where i go for my run so many times and i've never ever found this song drags never i've yeah, always exactly. found I've always found myself wanting. It's a standout track for me. Um, the only thing I would say against your best on album is I find this is always builds up, and it, it builds up and that you know the, it peaks towards the end, that crescendo, and then it kind of fades out, and then it just sets up Hell on Earth perfectly, which I find to me then kind of resonates a bit more because of the parchment really gets you going. Yeah. So, yeah, I I I more or less have the same same kind of take as you. Maybe not as strong, but I, it's it's definitely up there in the top half for me. Yeah, I just think Steve Harris like sat down with his bass and he came up with all these melodies and he just like crafted this like twelve and a half minute. It's the perfect yes. length, not too long, not too short. It's um, perfect length. I think it is twelve and a half minutes for this perfect song length. and the amount of stuff that's going on and the way. Jeez. Like, and he obviously came up with those. Uh, like you can hear as we go through it we'll hear it but like i think steve harris came up with all these vocal melodies and everything and obviously he wrote all the lyrics which he must have given like (laughs) a stack of like paper like an inch thick and said like you're gonna sing this now bruce (laughs) the perfect length 12 minutes 12 minutes is 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 only good for a meeting with your accountant or a valentine's day (laughs) evening 12 minutes otherwise is just too long for anything (laughs) i got a quote from bruce and he says if you get under the skin of it it's really complex i think steve locked himself away for days to come up with this one we had to learn it in pieces because it was the only way possible um, and so they, when they recorded this in the studio, they, they never once played this all the way through. It was recorded in pieces and kind of pieced together. And I got a quote from Adrian about that. You know, all these songs we recorded, some of them we, we never even played them all the way through in the studio. We did them in bits. So we'd have to work it up, play all these songs and see how they feel in a room live together, you know. I assume before this uh, tour, they had to sit down and really work out Hell on Earth and Death of the Kilts and unfortunately not this one. But <laughs> yeah. Which is an interesting choice in my mind, you know. I would I would have picked this over Death of the Celts. Oh my God, me too, me yeah. too. I would pick this honestly. I'd pick this over Hell on Earth live. Yeah. I just, when to hear, I did to my, hear Bruce sing this live, oh my God, be so good. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they did. That's the reason it would just be too taxing. It's a lot of words, but they did Red in the Black yeah. and think about that. Red in the Black is long, and there's a lot of words in that too, and a lot of fast words. Like this one's yeah. way easier to sing than the Red in the Black, I'd say. Yeah, and the red and the black too. That chorus is so taxing on the vocals. Like, if you ever sung through it, oh, yeah. you'd be gone right after. Yeah, totally. 
that's another one that you know red on, red and the black's a 10 out of 10 song for me and this is oh, yeah. that um, this is close i got another quote from yannick he says this one has an egyptian feel to it with maiden we love the imagery that comes through the music we can take people places and that's the great thing about music and playing guitar you think about what you're playing and how you transport the listener there's something magical so that's what yannick said yeah and it does have a cool kind of desert I don't know why it feels like a desert. I guess it's like there's a lot of like Middle Eastern kind of uh, scales and stuff in the solos and stuff. So it does have kind of a deserty feel to it. Yeah, it's specifically the keyboard. Like this is the one track where I'd say you know we've talked about the keyboards a lot. Sometimes kind of just lamenting. I don't know if it's a hangover from you know the early days where we just think like keyboard shouldn't be there. I think the keyboards in this album generally generally add value and you know. We, 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 we've, we've covered that a bit this is the one where I find the keyboards add a lot to the track it's like haunting yeah, yeah, and it's a haunting sound and I yeah. just find it really differentiating but there's also something as, as we go through this there's something in here that just harkens back to Book of Souls to me especially the back end like in the fade out stuff there's just something Book yeah. of Souls about this I don't know what the tie there's a is few Maybe spots it's... on this whole album yeah. where, I, where it kind of reminds me of Book of Souls I don't know why totally. I, I do and, know what and, you mean and it's not like in any way. It's just a, it actually is a warm feeling. It's like oh, you know. It's a, I I realize how much I love that album and how much that album is just you know so a part of how I view Maiden now. Yeah. Well, this is yeah. I mean, I agree with you with the keyboards though. It, like, I know I overused the term last couple episodes. I said cinematic. Yeah. But this scene sounds like this could be the background um, music to like some kind of you know, guy on a camel going through the desert or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. no, totally. I mean, I, I, I can see, you know, now that you've, you've played that quote, I, I can see that reference, but to me, it's even more than that. Like, I don't, I think it's almost a bit reductive. I, I feel like an epic, you know, it could, it could fit almost any, you know, it's very cinematic. It is very, yeah, but it is, there is like a middle Eastern me. thing going yeah. on with this. And I mean, I'm not a, a guitar. Yeah. I don't know what, scales they're using in the guitar solos or what you know what chord progressions they're using but like it has like a middle eastern kind of feel to it it's cool and i mean yeah i know the whole desert thing people are gonna say tame a land and the nomad and stuff uh nomad also completely awesome underrated song but like this is in no way rehashing anything to do with those songs other than maybe just a bit of a f- feeling you know what i mean like yeah. the the nomad kind of has that feeling too but not doesn't sound like this at all so i mean it's not like no. just because two songs kind of give you the same feeling doesn't doesn't mean anything but i don't know it's yeah. it's nomad like but this is a better song has a better structure um it's awesome and it starts out with this which is like the simple awesome intro So that's just kind of like a little, uh, you know, it just kind of sets the pace and tempo, sets the mood, you know, and the song is 100% about like mood and atmosphere. So right off the bat, they're kind of setting you up with this like atmosphere. And then they add that like second melody on top with guitars. So already you can see they start out really simple with that, like, you know, the bass and the guitars. And they just, you know, they build by adding guitars and they build, they layer it with keyboards. And they cut, and then there's like a key change or a chord change or whatever. And they, it, yeah, the song is just kind of like starting off with almost nothing. And they're like building and building. And like, like you said, the keys, I think they really work on yep. this to add like that layer. You know, in some of the rockers and like, well, I call them rockers, but like the, the kind of more up-tempo songs on the album i thought the keys were kind of unnecessary you know what i mean we complained about it in the mix yeah in earlier songs um on this song particularly 
in some of the longer ones it fits because i mean that's the whole point of the keyboards there is to like add mood and atmosphere you're building an atmosphere and it like it goes on for like a minute but they're constantly adding a little bit more and then they go up you know they change the key a bit i don't know if it's changing the key or just changing the chords they're playing or whatever and then it finally finally kicks in I think that's cool the way it kicks in it's just like it's like it, it they're teasing you a bit with the beginning and then boom you're into it yeah you know it's it's funny like it you know sitting here now you really realize the build-up because as you're explaining and playing the clips i'm like get to the next clip because like <laughs> when that kicks in it's so awesome and you know you you, you mentioned that the keys they're leading in they keep ramping up and but they never overpower and they add a lot like this you know i would probably put this up there as one of my favorites in terms of the way that the just the keyboards come across although there are some great uh some great instances in seven sun i just find that this really that just really nailed it and there's yeah. something haunting and just something echoey and it pulls yeah. you in but it doesn't distract yeah it's not like filling it's like adding a layer in a, in a real positive way yeah it's like it's a, it's a cool riff you've got three guitars yeah. and the keyboard that like it sounds really like I'm just I described it as like thick. It's a big it's a nice thick sound. Which for when you're trying to create an atmosphere like this in this kind of song is is I think it, it works really well like like the three guitars having three guitars is great for solos, right? And harmonies and whatever else you want to use the three guitars for, but like you can really give a thick kind of orchestration to a song like this and it like and a song with like this tempo and this feel it just i don't know it's i think it works really well like i love i'm i love hearing one guitar with a good tone just playing a riff you know what i mean the beginning of the wicker man or two minutes to midnight you know what i mean you just hear a yeah. guitar i love that too um but on this kind of song when they layer the guitars and get sound like this it 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 totally works um i don't know i think the problem is if you have a really cool riff and you bury it in guitars and keys which sometimes yes. happens on this album but where this it's not about the riff and it's not about the chords it's about the whole sound together creating like this i don't know i guess call it like i call it like orchestration i would guess of all the parts coming together to make this thick sound right like it, it creates the mood and the atmosphere and that's what the song's all about yeah almost like it resonates it's like you know it's it's just it's blended much better i mean you know, I always think of keyboards as, you know, this might be incredibly, you know, I don't know, negative to say to someone to play keyboard. But if I was singing, like, you know, I can't sing. If I was singing, I'd want someone to play keyboards because it would cover the roughest part, right? You know what I mean? It's like, so sometimes keyboards are used as just filler to, to kind of, you know, break out um, and cover up those rough spots. I find that it's just, I don't know. I just love the way that this one blends in. I find it adds rather than, than subtracts. Yeah. And uh, yeah, completely. But you know the way that this then ramps up, like oh, oh man, yeah. it's like it's cool. Yeah, it's 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 a great. I can't wait till the Bruce singing clip. <laughs> well, Sorry, the <laughs> they play. They're playing this riff with this melody. Yeah, and then they kind of take this riff, which is awesome. Yep. And then they kind of scale it back a bit and they simplify it a bit, and the riff goes a little bit more simple. And it's and they do that for a couple of bars, and then Bruce comes in and. Well, we'll talk about it. I want to play the clip and yeah. then we'll talk play about it. Play the clip. Play the clip. And I love Bruce singing in that lower register. It's very yes. powerful. Yes. Oh, but th that is the, this is the one part of the song. Well, I love, I love the lyrics. I love the way he's leading in. He's too muffled. It's just you the think? mix. He's just See, down too low for me. In this song, it doesn't me. bother me. 
Uh, well, perhaps, but the, remember, I talked about it way up many episodes. This is one, this is a part where I'll, like, crank it. You know, I'm realizing, too, like, we'll talk about it when we reflect on the album. Yeah. But I'm realizing, I, you know, everybody picks their things that they're into. Some people are driven by bass lines. Some people are, you know, I'm so vocal driven with, like, it's just so much resonates with me. I just feel like there's a, a layer of muffling there with him. And I just find I always crank this part of the song. But then I dial it back. So just this part of that song is just, for me, it's just he's not there in the mix correctly. Really? Because to me, I think he sounds yeah. fine in this. And I do know what you're talking about because like yeah. when this album first came out, there's a few times where it's like he's yeah. too low in the mix. But on this song, I think he sounds great. I, now, I, I won't say anything more about that because this is such nitpicking. Yeah. It's not a big deal. It's still awesome. And I rock out to this. So how do you feel but there's just, about the yeah. guitar doubling the voice again here? Because that's another yeah, I, thing that people have been complaining about on this album, and I think it sounds great on this song. I think it sounds great here, yeah. and actually the best part at the back end where he hits it, which we'll get to, is an exact example of that. Yeah. So, like, I, yeah, to, to me, I, I I completely, I have no issue with that at all. Yeah. Although, the, unless that's contributing to the, to me, it's just the, it's not the registry singing in, it's in the mix. Yeah. You know what I mean? I and, and it's, it's, it, it's it, this is just a minor point. This yeah. is the one flaw. This is... To be honest, this is this is Kate Upton's bad hair day, right? Like this is still this is still one of my favorite songs. I'm not trying to be the guy who has something negative to say all the time. It's just if I was to put this as a ten out of ten, you know, if I was to put this up there with, you know, my top ten maiden tracks to get into that area, this is an area I'd tweak. Yeah, I know the production. Yeah, well, you know, it's this layered multi guitar. You got the high pitched yeah. keyboards. You got the guitar doubling the melody. And it's it's a lot going on in the mix to try to like I don't know I, I understand what you're talking about because on some of the straight up more like rock or metal songs yeah where you just want to hear the riff and some space to like let the riff kind of breathe you know what I mean so you can hear the guitar it can this yeah. kind of production can kind of smother it but uh, yeah and there's not really any space in this mix at all it's it's very like. I don't know if the term it's dense. Yeah, <laughs> it's dense. But but you know it is. It's like I kind of like it. For this. this is like an anthem yeah. kind of song, and all of it coming together to me. It I don't know. I think it, like I like the way that it, this mix yeah. works in this song, just because it's such well, a movie. Well, you know, there might you know theme song soundtrack kind of thing going on. There might be a someone who actually produces music who knows more about this than I do yelling in the microphone going now, Josh, that's why you like this song so much because it's what creates the buildup. I can I can definitely see it. It's just there's just every time I listen to this, I just I want more and more and more. But then yeah. it delivers at the end, so maybe that's the intent. Yeah. You know? Um and and again, one of my faves. Yeah. So. And it is I mean, all this stuff is personal opinion, right? Like I know people Totally. We have mutual friends that hate the production on this album so much that they don't even can't even listen to it. Um, and like, I mean, since we started this podcast, people have been talking about the mix on this album, the mix on that album. And I mean, I'm maybe, oh, by the way, I'm no expert. By the way, Nesbitt. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I got a nickname for, uh, for our friends who uh, don't like the mix on this album. We'll listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to call them the idiots (laughs) for now. And we're going to call them the idiots. Well, you don't like the mix on this album, so. (laughs) No, but it's not preventing me from listening to it. I know. It's just the comment that, that, that I would add, you know, and, and. But I know, I I get it though. Because like. Yeah. I, I think it's more important to some people. Like for me, the mix on the very first Iron Maiden album. I understand yes. that that sounds super raw, but that's part of what I like yeah. about it. I don't know. That's like, what I, I love like about it. it. You know what I mean? And like, yes, when I listen yeah. to Iron Maiden and I listen to Killers, it's a huge step up in production. But yeah. there's something about that, you know, when you listen to those old, it's like listening to some of those old new wave of British heavy metal, you know, those old albums, the way they sound. Yeah. You could listen to them and complain that the production could be better on this or could be better on that or whatever. But like, I don't know. It's, I think it has to do with your mindset too. If you're like going in, wanting to complain about it i don't know like to me totally yeah i don't know i'm no you can find fault with anything yeah and also different things are more important to different people so to me a bad mix it doesn't necessarily it has to be pretty bad for it to ruin an epic song like this you know what i mean like where some people might hear those keyboards and just be like i'm out and i get that because i've heard bands where the production it's I can't listen to Ghost, right? And a lot of it has to do with yeah. the production of, like, it just sounds so plastic to me. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I'm, that's <laughs> a very unpopular posi- uh, position, but, like, 
I just yeah certain certain sounds and certain production sounds can like rub you the wrong way. So I get it. It can. I find for me it's it's not just it's not an intention to be nitpicking. I just find that that this is the one album. Um, you know, it also could be friggin' my age or how I'm listening to it. You know, and this is the first album that I've. You know, this is actually a very fair point. This is the first album I've really experienced through earbuds primarily. Okay. And sometimes I do find earbuds a little different, so there could be that. Um, and you know, but I do find I like I crank it up a lot. You yeah. know, but again, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm in my early forties. It could be there could be a million <laughs> issues. But I, you know, I I, uh, I listened back to after um, our last episode, I, I listened back to Final Frontier and A Matter of Life and Death twice each, and the the, the vocal and and just the 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 peaks in some of the songs were a lot more intense. Now, you know, it's it's a subjective thing, but I mean, I don't want to dwell on it too much. I think yeah, all I in know. all, it's fantastic. But uh, yeah, well, I know we'll get back in the song. <laughs> we yeah, I want to hear more clips. But like. It's a criticism. It's out there. Yeah. But, I mean, Bruce is... So this is part of why I think this song is very well-crafted. Because you have, like, a riff. It builds. It builds. And then these vocals come in. The vocals go on for a few verses. And they push it a little bit long. Because, like, it's a lot of Bruce singing. But then there's such a payoff at the end when the solo comes in. So then they're like, okay, you listen to Bruce sing for all these verses. Now you get a solo and from Yannick, and it's a cool little guitar solo. Not only is it a cool guitar solo, it's like this. Again, it keeps it interesting after listening to all these vocals, and then it's like, oh, cool, a solo. And then the solo's over because it's kind of short. And then it's like into this new riff, and it's an awesome, awesome riff. I love the riff that comes after the solo. And it's cool the way the solo, it, it kind of like, it's like snarling. It kind of like comes out. At, yeah, I don't know. I'll just, I think... This solo is like the perfect kind of relief to what's going on, and it just again takes the song up another notch. It's a cool little solo and it leads into that riff and I love that riff, you know, and there's during that riff, there's some cool little uh, drum fills in there that uh, Nico puts in there. And again, it's just building and building. It's like, okay, so totally. we, we have the vocals, we have a little solo and then another riff. So it's just, you know, yeah. it builds and it changes, but there's this constant vibe and groove through the song. And that's why I like it. It's got yeah. a cool groove to it, man. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's a it, and that 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 scenario there. Even the drumming, you know, Yannick's little solo, and then just the pace, and that you can hear the keys coming in yeah. again. But it's it's building anticipation. It's just like it's it's kind of the, the the timing is almost like you're just waiting for it. I find this one of this this is just one of the examples of what sometimes Maiden does best, which is just building up that epic. Yeah, and this is like a perfect showcase of that. Yeah, because we always say like length doesn't mean epic. Totally, but in this no. case, there's so much like. Yeah, it's building tension and stuff, and it, it keeps, like, totally. moving ahead, but it keeps revealing, like, kind of new parts, and it's, like, perfectly paced. Yeah, you play you play that clip again, you know something's coming. Like, yeah. that's just, like, Maiden is just getting yeah. you there. And no part and just, ever, uh, like, overstays is welcome, right? A riff yeah. comes in, you get to settle into it a bit, and then, boom, in comes another riff. And, like, for example, yeah. after this, another riff comes in, and just when you're kind of getting used to that last riff, they change it up again, and there's another riff.
So yeah, it's like, it's they hit you with this new riff and it's repetitive. I get it, and a lot of people are like, "This album's too repetitive." They play, you know what I mean? Like that's a big complaint about this Modern Maiden is like, yeah, this repetitive parts or something. But I mean, this whole song it's like trance-like, which kind of yes. like sets the mood or suits the mood and the vibe of the song completely. So you almost get a full minute of that riff, which sounds like a minute of the same kind of riff sounds like a long time to be playing it but like i think it's to mentally prepare you for what it leads into which is maybe the best two minutes of the album coming up i'd argue in my opinion i'd argue it's the best five minutes you're super rewarded by like this like drawn out part on this riff which i mean it's an awesome riff to begin with and then they're like okay you 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 waited this long and then boom like i don't know these solos are amazing you know what like we, we should reflect on this at the end but i think sometimes when we talk about like a minute you know, or 12 minutes or, you know, whatever. I think there's a lot of context to how you're listening. You know, like, context matters a lot. If, if you're running or relaxing, smoking a cigar or, you know, driving, who's lamenting this minute? Like, what world are you in? Like, I mean, are you watching, like, like what are you doing? Are you watching 30-second news clips? Like, what world are you in where this minute is taxing? Yeah, I think it has to do with, like, attention spans, but also, like, taste. Yeah. Like, I guess there's some people that want to hear, you know. Yeah. You want it to be over and done in five minutes. You want to hear your riff. You want to hear your verse, chorus, verse. You want to hear a catchy chorus. Yeah. You want to hear a blazing guitar solo and then out. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is, those yeah, songs I are w- also awesome. I agree. Like, that's, yeah. those songs are awesome too. But I also yeah. enjoy this kind of Maiden. In fact, I think I like this kind of Maiden more than I like, you know, you know, I don't know, like the short rockers that we've heard on this album. Yeah. I mean, I like I like the fact that that we don't have to have an either or. I like the fact yeah, exactly. that there's a whole. Yeah. I like the fact that there are four minute catchy maiden tunes. I like the fact that there are you know, yeah, twenty eight minute. Yeah, well, that's part of what I love about Maiden, right? Is Balance, that you listen yeah. to these super long, trance like epics, if you want, or you can just listen to Aces High and stuff like that, which is also equally as good. You know what I mean? And there's so much variety to what you want to listen to, so it's it's. It's totally different crazy. tracks and a different purpose. And I think it's context, you know, uh, for me, if you're like this summer, we're on the beach, you know, having a few beers, uh, in touch with a higher dimension, this music playing, I'm loving it. Yeah, it's true. You know, and it, I mean? maybe it has to do with like context too. And again, yes. I listened to this song a lot while I was biking and that's kind of when I first got this album, that's primarily yeah. how I listened to this was like. You know, you listen to some Maiden in the background or you're like, you know, in the car, you can't really get into a song because it's kind of, I don't know, like, I guess you could if you're doing like a long road trip. But I mean, darting around the city getting groceries, like, it's not ideal for listening to a new Maiden album. So primarily, I would be like, okay, I have an hour now. I'm going to go out on the bike. I'm going to put the earbuds in and I'm going to crank this up and I'm just going to like... Yeah, but that that's such a that's such a Newfoundland problem. <laughs> that's such a problem where we're from. Like everywhere we go takes five minutes in the car because we live in a small city. There's yeah. no traffic. But if you live anywhere else, it's like like you live in Ontario. There's thirty minutes all the time. This is the parchment. Yeah, is but built there's for you. there's a big difference to yeah. me anyway of listening to the parchment in stop and go traffic or like you know what I mean. It's not the same yeah. as like being on a highway where you can like zone. It all has to do with like especially with a song like this, you kind of want to turn your brain off. You don't want to yeah. be like doing something, have this in the background. You don't want to be like driving around the city and navigating through traffic. Like I could see either being on a highway on a long road trip and just like zoning out. Or like yeah. I said on Bike Rider, you you said you listen to this when you run. And when you run too, because when I run too, I, I tend to like, your brain almost shuts off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you just kind of like, totally and does. you can really focus. And like, that's, maybe that's part of the reason I love the song so much is because like I had the ideal the ideal environment to experience it for the first time. And it made a huge impression on me. So that could be a part yeah. of it too. Or like, I don't know. Totally could. And yeah. you know, I know, I know, I know we're going to rip into the best piece next, but I want to make a sweeping declaration first. Okay. Okay. If we're out listening to this, all right, we're on the beach. This is a plausible scenario. Me and you are on the beach, getting on the beer. One of our friends are here, perhaps the idiots, perhaps someone else. Our friends are there. Anyone <laughs> says this, this minute gap, between solos to the next solo. This is too long. Here's what I'm going to do. You, so if you, if you see this, you'll know they insulted the parchment. F- 
full hand slap right to the face, challenge them to a duel on the spot. You and I'll just slap say, them with what is, glove. You know, can you imagine? <laughs> slap them with my glove. You, sir, have been challenged to a duel. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. I mean, oh, my God. I, I do understand. Like, they're, they, they, I mean, I'm the guy who yeah. said, you know, oh, there's a long lead into the last track. And, you know, so, you know, time is valuable and you like things to flow. But I find this sets you up. If you'd have, if you'd have removed it and you'd jammed the two the original solos together and you didn't give the time to build up to this one, you would have lost something. Yeah. And it's like I said with Death of the Celts too. When I the first yeah. couple of times I heard that song, I was like, is there even a chorus? What's going on with the song? It just seemed like this big long like thing and I was couldn't wrap my head around it. I know. So maybe also it's if you don't invest the time to really get in to know these songs, like maybe you don't like them or appreciate them as much. Which I totally get because people send me bands all the time and they're like, You like Maiden, you'll love this album and I listen to it through once and I'm like, Ugh where maybe, as, like, I complained about that new Metallica album, and I was like, there's nothing here that makes me want to listen to it again. If I was into Metallica the way I'm into Maiden, like, Maiden could come out with an album like that, and I would listen to it, like, 30 times before I make my opinion. And if you listen to something 30 times, you're going to kind of start to like it. You know what I mean? Like, so let's get back in these solos, because we're kind of... Let's do it. <laughs> we're wandering all over the place. That's fine. Um, That's good. So, like, sometimes with Maiden you get these epic solos and sometimes they, I don't want to say they like phone it in, but like they improvise something that's kind of decent. It doesn't blow your mind, but it keeps the song moving and it kind of fits the song. You know what I mean? But here, I think all three guitarists play some of the best soloing on the whole album is over the next few minutes. There's five more solos. They all really suit the feel and the mood of the song. I'm not saying they're, they're all 10 out of 10s, but like, the first two solos here are Dave, Murray, and Yannick. Yes. There's so much emotion in these solos. It's such an epic build from these riffs and these keys. And I don't know, this first solo by Dave, I think this might be one of the best Dave Murray solos of his career. It's definitely really? his best on the album. It best sounds, on the album, for sounds sure. like Dave, but yeah. also very different for Dave. His tone and compliments, is there. Yeah. Compliments the song compliments perfectly. Compliments the song. Yeah. He's got those legato runs. Yeah. It's his style totally. But his note choice is kind of different for Dave. Um, whatever scale this is, it kind of has that Middle Eastern feel. His, like, his, yeah, his, like, note choices. It's great melodies. There's big bends in there. There's some whammy bar stuff. I think this is one of Dave Murray's best ever solos, and it's definitely his best solo on the album. This is just... A 10 out of 10 solo by Dave. Awesome solo, really long Fantastic. solo they give Dave, which is great because he gets to like stretch his like wings yeah. a bit. And like, I love that solo. I, I think that uh-huh. solo and Adrian's solo on Writing on the Wall, two like super high points in this album. Yeah, I love fantastic it. solo. No question, no question. You know, I would have loved to see you know this live, it would be fantastic. But the thing, I mean, his solos are so interesting because they always have that fingerprint. They're always so much yeah. like his solos, but they're always so different. It's like, how do you do it? Uh, I absolutely love that. And I love where he didn't have any writing credits on this album as far as, like, songwriting. That one of the all-time highlights on the album is him. It's kind of cool. It just goes to show, yeah. like, you can never lose Dave Murray, man. He's been there no. almost as long as, you know, Steve Harris, other than that short gap where he left for a little while. And came back with like yeah. pre Soundhouse tapes or whatever when they're first forming. We talked about that in the early, the what do we call it? The birth of the beast episodes. The birth of the beast. But yeah, he's uh, you know, he's the part of the heart and soul of the band, man. And like, I love yeah. that he really delivers here. And then after that, um, 
yet another short one from Yannick. Yes. Um, and after that, too, like, notice after the solo, you get another riff, which is kind of cool. It's a, you know, it's a solid short solo, you know, gives it a little feel. And then we get that other riff, which is the first riff from that first. Remember when the song first kicked in with the drums? It's that riff. They bring it back. So while they build and build the song, they still, now they're bringing back a riff from like five minutes ago. And it kind of ties everything back together. And uh, that riff leads into Adrian's solo. Yeah. Which is, I mean, another great i love adrian's solos on the last all of his post reunion so well i'll i'll just <laughs> i love all of adrian's solos ever ever <laughs> yeah. he's such a good guitar player and like he's so unique and like from the other two guys like man actually i'll go i'll go a step further i'll go a step further you know this band iron maiden i'm starting to really dig them <laughs> i'm starting to think this band they're worth listening to i'm into them i would probably say I really love this band. <laughs> oh man, um, this solo, Adrian, really like progressive again. That kind of like that side of Adrian that you're hearing more and more ever since. I really noticed it in uh, I played that clip all the time from Isle of, Isle of Avalon, and yep. uh, there's a lot of that on the Final Frontier. Final album. Frontier. He's like, yeah. I love this style of his guitar playing, and this one's cool. It's like instead of nailing a big bend or something to like you know what i mean to hit off the solo like really get your attention it kind of creeps up out of the riff and creeps up on you but uh his playing here is like it's really progressive it's really unique you're listening you're very far into the song at this point and then they give you something like this and it really changes up i don't know it gives you some variety uh i think this is really well composed there's some cool like big dives in there it has like i know the song has like this trance like field and then they come into this really psychedelic solo it's like really trippy which i love it's like a cool thing that adrian has on the go these days uh really unique it's out of left field you'd never expect something like that to come in they just drop something really different in there um yeah it's cool i find it's uh it, it, it's it's a common kind of pattern you see like i view that as like the the, the three of them back-to-back solos yeah and usually you see like you know adrian you know or dave will or or, or yeah will will you'll essentially see them like one of them will dominate and then in the middle sometimes you'll see yannick go with a real quick burst solo which is kind yeah. of what he did here in this case i kind of saw like dave is like really doing this amazing solo and then of course you get yannick comes in just kind of at the end pops real real quick and deadly then they go back to the to the riff and then you just kind of see like adrian's pretty low-key yeah Actually, i like his solo later better yeah. but it's pretty low-key but he's kind of transitioning back at the same time as he's doing a solo like it's it's not as standout as dave's but it's, it fits perfectly and then of course it just eases right back into the riff and they're right back at it so it's all building yeah so i i, I gotta say these these three you know which i they're not completely back to back because there's that gap but yeah. To me, I view it as like the triple. Yeah, yeah, really it is yeah. like a triple, yeah. the three guitar solo. And I love that they have their yeah. own styles and they're all really showcasing their own styles on this on this song. Yeah. It's another thing I love about it. And like you said, it's just building. We're still building and building. So, yeah, so we're out of the, the three solos now. Yeah. We're nearing the seven-minute mark. Exactly. 12 minutes. Yeah. So we're still building. Yeah. Still building. And then it comes into this riff, which is so catchy. Yeah, it's. I instantly loved this the first time I heard it, and I still love it. It, uh, it's a vocal melody that they kind of they tease you with it as a guitar melody before the vocals come in. 
um you know people complain again about like guitar and vocal lines doubling or whatever but like the guitar lays out the melody and then bruce comes in on top of it and i think this is just perfect you've been building and building and then you get this and it takes it to another level So they play that riff and it kind of teases what the vocal melody is about to be. And Bruce comes in and like all that build up was completely worth it. This is some of the best Maiden of the Reunion era is like starting right now in the song. I just love this. In a tempest never shaken, edge of doom is not mistaken, countenance is not a sin. yeah awesome lyrics and i just love that melody the uh it's just cool yeah. I, you know what i mean in a tempest never shaken edge of doom is not mistaken fierce as wolf with a leopard skin like <laughs> so yeah cool it, it, there are some great great lines in this um and you know Bruce is building towards his best part on the album. Yeah, so he sings. As this is he kind of yeah. he sings the, that verse, and then he kind of like changes it up and he changes up the the melody that he's singing. Yeah, um, it's so great. I love that vocal melody these things. I love that harmony that comes in when he says assembled here to butcher blades and it's like to butcher blades. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. it, it's very sparingly. It's funny that that one little phrase he puts that harmony on and it just it sounds so cool because it's used so sparingly when you hear it it's like this treat and you're like oh man that sounds awesome. Yeah you want to hear more of it. Alternates between those two kind of lyric those two melodies or whatever and he just keeps turning it up and then all this build like he gives us this line. This is all building up to this, and it's like this complete, total payoff from all this build up. So it's like this big buildup for like nine minutes and that's the payoff. And it's so satisfying when he like hits those notes. And I don't yeah. know, man. It's, it's not the technically him holding these long notes. Like we all know he can do these long notes. Like yep. we've heard him, it's the impact of that line after that buildup. It's like teed up and then he knocks it out of the park. Like the whole song is kind of like building this tension. And then when he, in this one line, he just re releases all the tension in the song. And without the buildup, that line wouldn't be the same if this came like a minute into the song. This would be a fist in the air part if they played this live. It would just blow it, your mind. Exactly. This is, this is, this is the moment I've been talking about, right? And, the, and you know, this is, this, that actual, that line right there is what's missing from Death of the Celts, right? Like yeah, that's I agree. the piece, yeah. right? That, that I was going on last time. For me, that this is amazing. But what's what's even better about the science is not over. We oh, it's amazing. Led you here, and then we delivered, and you think you're done, but no, you're not done. we're gonna ramp up the tempo and give you two more great solos. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you know, uh, you know, we were to talk about how when you listen, is it background music? Is it running music? Whatever. It doesn't matter what you're doing. That's sucking you into the moment. And oh, I just I absolutely. Fists in the air, sing along, you know, goosebumps. Yeah. Every time I hear that, yeah. that is, that to me is what I search for in Maiden. That, that yes, that, exactly. That, that that peak. Yeah. Is what's so great. It's not that you know, there's solos aren't awesome, or it's not to downplay anything else. It's just Maiden is at the best one. 
they all set that up. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. And it's oh Jesus, it's it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's been in music forever. It's it's you know Mozart. I mean, it's that build up, it's that moment. And I just find this is just a perfect example of me and that their peak just hitting that. Yeah, totally. I I agree. And then like, like you said, you it's like okay, they delivered, and they're like, well. Now we're going to ramp yeah. it up and we're going to give you some rocking out Maiden and they, the tempo just ramps up and then you get this like super energetic Yannick. This is like <laughs> super fast, blasty with notes. Like, you know, this is what, this is like Yannick's personality summed up in a guitar solo. exactly what i want out of yannick you know that frenzy of notes wild like i know we always call him the wild card because he's like is he gonna like go you know what i mean like where's he going and it's just he always manages to rein it in just enough to like you know what i mean you, you can't predict Definitely. what he's gonna do it's great it's like a train that's like almost going up the tracks but it's like oh man sometimes it's it's, it's kind of like you know it, it's almost kind of like a a demon's possessed my guitar and I got to play it back into, you know, it's like, how am I ever going to get this demon back under control? And it's like, wait, the guitar has a mind of its own, but he's trying to tame it from another dimension. <laughs> Definitely. And he's got that feel. I love it. But Adrian comes in and he kind of like, it's a counter. It's like more restrained, controlled and melodic. And it's a nice counterpoint. I think after what Yannick does. <laughs> So normally you would think that was kind of a uh, high energy solo, but after Yannick's, that one kind of seems tame in comparison. But it is a pretty cool solo. And then, I mean, it goes into this rising and falling riff, and then you're into the end of the song, like the uh, you know the the intro as outro trick. <laughs> yes, kind of brings it all home, and kind of after all of that. And then that high energy solo thing, it's like, okay, now we're going to cool down and ease you out of this. I mean, that, that ending, it, I love it. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, esque Yeah. I feel like this is kind of like a, a continuation from Book of Souls. The next step yeah. of, like, progression from Book of Souls is this song. But, like, this song to me, I think this is a Steve Harris masterpiece. Uh, it's like a work of songwriting art. Um, not too rushed, not too drawn out. It builds perfectly. Perfect length. I think 10 years from now, in... 2033 people will talk about maiden epics and people will throw out like rhyme of the ancient mariner hallowed be thy name the parchment yeah i think it's up there with those three and i think that like maiden will be if, if people are pay enough attention to this album like hardcore wow. maiden fans i think will it'll be those three songs will be the maiden epics wow yeah, i think it's up rhyme there. rhyme hallowed and parchment. hallowed be thy name yeah that's pretty big. That's, <laughs> That's pretty where I'm huge. putting the song, man. That's how much That's, I like it. Oh well, you know what? I I can't say. Yeah, I wouldn't put it up there myself, not yet. Yeah. Who knows if it earns a place over time? 
Uh, but for me, I mean, it's fantastic. What what do you make of the Lord of Light reference? Like, remember uh, you watched Game of Thrones? Yeah, and the song. I love that. Like, yeah. did, did, ever, did that ever trigger you? I love the, the like the Lord of the the, the, the uh, Lord of Light stuff in Game of Thrones was something I always enjoyed. I don't remember anything about anything to do with a Lord of Light in Game of Thrones. Yeah, it was the Lord of Light, wasn't it? it was the, the they kept bringing the guy back to life, and remember the the witch from the Lord of Light? Yeah, watch now, I get a big big hate thread. It's the Lord of Lightning, Josh. <laughs> Did you not read the original? No, it's the Lord of Light. It was one of the one of the man. What a great show that was! But that's a side point. There were there were definitely parchments in that show. <laughs> yeah, Parthian skins. <laughs> Parthian skins, man. Excellent track. Yeah, you know, really really good. I gotta say, it's fantastic. Yeah, the one thing I would uh, add, though, is like, yeah, maybe we should leave it to the end, but the jam in this right after Death of the Celts, and then, you know, it's like, it is a funny placement for all of this stuff. It it kind of, you know, it's lining them up at the end. Oh, God, Parchment could have been a fourth or fifth track. I said the same thing about Death of the Celts. Yeah. But, like, you know, to showcase it on the first side of the It is disc, funny having this many move. epics stuck together like this. None of them get the attention they deserve. Yeah. So you have no. all this attention, and people tend to treat them as, like, this clump of songs. Where totally. if if the song only had this song at the end and no Hell on Earth yeah. and no Death of the Kilt, people would be – minds would be blown. Also, totally. if this one and Death of the Kilt was gone and they ended – it just went into – you know, I mean, if they only had one – yeah. Of the three epics, the epic I think would get that much more attention and more respect. But where there's so many, people are kind of like, "Oh yeah, there's three epics on there, and they're all great." Blah blah blah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Also, I would argue that you know, Book of Souls, the back end of the second disc, they buried you know, and probably the clouds and the track leading up to weren't the strongest. And that, you know, it, it's not. A, I don't want this buried at the end. And not only that. You know, right before Hell on Earth, which is such a standout on its own track. You know, I would, I would. That's nitpicking, but I, I, w- I would love this to be showcased better somewhere else. Yeah, I would. I, yeah, I haven't lost last track on the first side of the disc, maybe. And I haven't lost hope that yeah. someday they would play this live. <laughs> they might. They might. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it wouldn't be a next tour, but maybe the tour after that. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, thirty years from now, twenty years from now, <laughs> when they're playing the new album, you know, uh, the twenty first artificial... album. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Iron Maiden artificial... hologram will play. <laughs> yeah, artificial disintelligence, coupled with it, it's a tour with Sinjitsu, and everyone's like, "Oh, I haven't seen that in twenty years." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, we got a couple of people emailing. Yes. So this is the thing about like when we came back to do Sinjutsu and I was kind of like, oh, we got. OK, so I got a couple of uh, actually I'll play this. This is a clip from a listener. Hey, Josh and Nez, this is your Australian correspondent, Fox. I'm wondering if Nesbitt can do some of his research so that when you get to the song, The Parchment, which is my favorite song from Sinjutsu, you can tell me what it's about exactly. I've read a few things about it, but I don't know if the people really know. Um, but if you can do some digging and see if you can find out what exactly the parchment is about. Thanks. We had a couple of emails and we had, you know, a couple of people are like asking about what the song is about, you know what I mean? And like, I don't know, I looked into it a little bit. There's like the Parthian skin and like there's a Parthian empire, which was like, I can't remember. It was like in the 200s of BC to two. I can't remember. But it's like years. It has nothing to do with Alexander the Great. It's much, as far as like timing, it's much more, it's like a couple hundred years more recent. I don't know, like, or we were bringing the podcast back to do Sinjutsu. And people were like, I can't wait to hear Nesbitt's deep dives on these songs. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes the deep dives are like, I can't get enough of deep diving. And I just like, I mean, you listen to some of my episodes before where I just like go down the rabbit hole on stuff. I started looking yeah. into this, and it's like, okay, it's this, like, Iranian cultural power in ancient Iran from this year to this year, and blah, blah, blah. I, I, I found it kind of boring. Um, I, you know, there's a, there's a video of this guy on YouTube who's talking about the song and this King Mithridates or something, and I tried to watch that, and I got bored it, two minutes into it. Uh, I don't know, man, like... I just enjoy the song, and it has really cool-sounding lyrics. I don't mind deep-diving into interesting stuff. Like, I'll Battle of Britain, 
the doomsday clock for two minutes like uh, or passiondale yeah. i'll deep dive i'll do like i'll go right down the rabbit hole on that stuff but this kind of history especially where it's not specifically the song is not specifically about it. it's all a kind of conjecture and you're like well maybe it's about this or i picked this word and you know what i mean like it's it's not like this is specifically about anything i don't think i think like but you're reading the English lyrics. If you read the Aramaic version, <laughs> the ones on the actual you realize, right. yes, the, yeah, the Aramaic version is a clear. There's a clear pattern, and the pattern apparently unlocks the pyramids. I I think it's just on a parchment. It's a reference yeah. to just. It's just serious throwbacks to what would be on a parchment. I it's think so too. That. That's what I think. I don't. There's think nothing there's, concrete in like, there to pin it down. People have this like Alexander the Great and Aces High. Every song by Maiden has to be about something specific. That's a historical thing, and this is probably inspired by a few actual historical things. I don't know if Steve Harris wrote a few read a few books and then just kind of wrote lyrics. But like we talked about this when we we're talking about Sinjutsu. It's like it's just cool lyrics, man. It creates a mood and a feeling. I don't think it's about anything specific. Some people, I think they read too much into Maiden lyrics. You know, sometimes they are about very specific things. I don't think this is really about anything specific. Like, I think you can just kind of interpret them yourself. And they just sound cool, man. There's nothing wrong with lyrics just sounding cool. It doesn't have to be about, like, some Wikipedia (laughs) entry. You know what I mean? (laughs) And that's something I don't want to do with the song is, like, dig around and try to figure out and you know maybe it's about this because this one word mentions like this and this one word and it's people just go off on these tangents which i guess i'm one to talk but like people go off on these tangents about like what a song is about based on these little tiny fragments and then they force meaning on these other lines and i don't think this is about anything specific um i don't know alexander the great kind of it's it's not ruined, yeah. but it's kind of like the lyrics are so dry and Wikipedia sounding that it's a tedious listen for me. The lyrics drag that song from like a nine or an eight and a half to down to like a six and a half or a seven for me. Um, yeah. The lyrics like in this one, the lyrics are a 10. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're way I more. I wouldn't put them at a 10. But they're way more poetic, way yeah, more well are. written lyrically. Yeah. Um, I don't want to dissect this to pieces and ruin it and turn it into an Alexander the Great situation and force it, try to force some meaning on it to be about something specific. I just want to enjoy the song. I just want to enjoy it. <laughs> so I didn't do absolutely. I spent like five minutes looking into what this could maybe mean, and I was like, absolutely. Nah, I don't want to. I, I put the lyrics, you know, not at a ten. No, maybe they're not a ten because, 10, but, but, but they're very cool. Compared sounding. to Death of the Celts, yeah. Death of the Celts, I find, has more rhyme and poetry and just, just the, the I don't know what it is, the descriptiveness of the lyrics, the fact that they just, I don't know, there's just some lyrics in there that just blow me away. This one's this one's really good. However, in it's terms of cool depth. some lyrics in there, man. Savage oh, beasts, absolutely. troops engage, assembled yeah, here. A betrayal of angels blades. in a foreign land. Yeah. yeah, smoke has darkened in the air, smell of death and deep despair. It's just... Yeah, oh, man. death is but a gilted edge. Yes, shall no more than we we will pledge. However, in terms of the depth of these lyrics and what they mean, I think the answer is in the parchment itself. For all those who've written in the sand, will be told that the same will happen. Searching for gold, the parchment I think is right there. <laughs> it's right there. So that's the parchment twelve thirty nine. Steve Harris, man, I think he knocked it out of the park. I think this is yeah. the best song on the album. Uh, yeah. This is like a, a new Maiden classic, but people haven't realized how classic it is yet. But the fact yeah, that they're not playing this, it live, I think, is going to kind of kinda hamper it. it and hurt it from being a Maiden classic. You know what I mean? But you know what? You take it away. This uh, this Steve Harris kid, he's got a future in the business. <laughs> I mean, he's he's going places. Not too I mean, shabby. If you can write this epic. He's he's got he's got a future ahead of him. This guy. I mean, I, you know, first I've heard of him, but I mean to pull this out. What a, what a musician. Yeah. Yeah. A fantastic track, man. Yep. There's no question. This is, if you don't like this, I mean, I don't know. What are you going to say? Well, <laughs> like, I know. Some people don't like the Fix your long, ears. You know, some people yeah. don't, don't have the patience or they have, you know, there's certain, I'm sure I could think of certain bands where like, I only like certain types of songs, you know? Yeah. But yeah, you know, 
absolutely there are certain bands where you pref- you prefer certain types of music over the other. I just got to say, I think we're a little biased considering we have an Iron Maiden podcast we probably <laughs> like. Imagine we ran an Iron Maiden podcast and be like, we're going to, today we're going to cover all tracks under five minutes yeah. <laughs> and not mention the rest. And if you we know, didn't so love we, Maiden and their, yeah. all their songwriting so much, we never would have started this podcast. You know what I mean? Dude, we're getting heavy push online talking priest. Oh, no. You gotta be careful. I'm like, no. Uh, but, yeah. the I uh, Look, I, I think this track is amazing. And this album, you know, is, is such a great listen as an album. And this is, this is part of that. I mean, it just flows so well. You know, you're not skipping tracks. You're not doing what we used to have to do back in the 90s to blow through all the garbage. Um, so, you know, I can understand people that might be turned off by the length of the track, but I think they'd be missing out. If you yeah. give this a chance, you listen to it in the right context, my takeaway is there's, this is a gem. Yeah, and I think out of this whole album, like, you know, when we're done the album, we'll rank the songs, but I can tell you this one's going to be up there. Yeah. Probably number one. <laughs> <laughs> maybe number one well Nesbitt we'll leave it there this was a pretty good beer with a wild ale it was very good that was fantastic I gotta say it was great yeah I know when I first smelled it I was kind of recoiled and I was like oh this is gonna be gross but the, it's <laughs> almost like the gross. smell kind of dissipated in like five seconds and then it was a, it was a good the more I drank it the more uh, delicious it became <laughs> yeah, clip clip that one anyone out there at first i smelled it was gonna be gross but then the smell dissipated <laughs> anyway clip that one it smelled perfumey and i don't like anything perfumey in my beers like gross same with me the older <laughs> i get the muskier i like it oh, i agree with you there look you know we're wrapping up sinjitsu we're getting towards the end yeah. um if anybody wants to get their uh, feedback in talkingmaiden at gmail.com go to talkingmaiden.com there's all the contact forms on there you can go to talkingmaiden.com slash talk yep. you can get us on twitter talkingmaiden you can get us on facebook talkingmaiden yep. and I monitor the twitter sporadically and Josh yeah. checks the facebook every now and then regularly, <laughs> regularly. I, I spend all my time on there mocking you <laughs> oh, yeah. making fun anyway if you want to have a have a have a have a good bit of banter come to facebook if you want to nerd out go to twitter <laughs> and uh or email and uh yeah get it in because we're wrapping up soon yeah we're gonna get your feedback on the air so we'll leave it there until next time up the irons down the hops